0: Amen. As the ushers dutifully do their job, their blessed job of receiving sacrifices from God's people, we this morning come to the third Sunday of Easter. We continue our celebration of Easter. You remember last week we voted to do that? Remember, we voted, that was unanimous, that we would continue to celebrate Easter all the way until the day of Pentecost and really beyond, right? We continue to celebrate what has been called many times the greatest day in the history of humanity. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it's only been two weeks since the miracle The miracle that we celebrated on Easter Sunday morning. Now, it seems to me a little bit inadequate to call it a miracle. I know it is. Maybe it's just me. But to me, it was so much more than just a miracle. I am sure that the followers of Christ were still amazed two weeks after the resurrection. I am sure that they were still amazed, to say the least. Can you imagine what it must have been like as they gathered together with each other every day or however often they met together after the resurrection? Can you imagine what they would talk about? When they would reminisce reminisce, and think back on Holy Week and all the events that had led up to that day, the the second or the two weeks after Easter? I wouldn't be surprised, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if their heads were still spinning a little bit. I can imagine a group of Christ followers gathering together, going through their customary greetings, and I've been there, and it's both sides. It's kissing on both sides. And let me just give you a piece of advice. You better know which side they start with. Because if you don't, it lands up (laughs) right in the middle. Take my word for it. Been there, done that. Don't want to return. <clears throat> but after they went through their customary greetings, they, they, they sat and chatted, as they always did, as people do when they get together. But with that group, I would imagine that sometimes that, that they would just sit in silence. I mean, they'd talk for a while, then they'd just sit in silence, shaking their heads in wonder and amazement. Maybe someone would say, I, I still can't believe it. Jesus is alive. I am sure that they were filled with joy. I am sure that they had, had times of being overwhelmed with tears of thanksgiving. Jesus is alive. They just couldn't get over it. The story would play over and over in their minds. You see, Jesus was dead. They knew it. They had been there. They saw it. Jesus was as dead as anyone dead has ever been in this world. He was cold in the grave. He'd been in the grave for three days. Stone cold dead. And all was lost. And as they thought about it, they yeah, that's right, for me, all was lost. They would agree, yeah, all was lost. Then, just two weeks prior to that time when they're meeting together on this third Sunday of Easter, just, just two weeks before... On an ordinary, normal Sunday morning, a quiet Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death, hell, and the grave. And those first century followers of Christ would celebrate all over again, even on this day after the resurrection. These two weeks after the resurrection, they would be together, they'd celebrate again. And somebody who would be overwhelmed and overcome with, with excitement and joy, would blurt out, he is, he, is he is risen! He is risen! He is risen! And they would just praise together all over again. Jesus Christ is alive. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's how they lived their lives. He's alive. That's what dominated their lives, not just the second week after Easter, but for the rest of their lives. Jesus is alive. It meant something to them. It transformed who they were. It dictated, if you will, how they lived Jesus is alive, and because that's true, brothers and sisters, everything changed. But Lord, um, I pray today that somehow, as only you can, that you would give to us at least something close to the excitement. Of those first-century followers of Christ, it didn't matter how old or young they were, it didn't matter how big or small or rich or poor. It, it just—they were just excited about what Jesus had done. It changed everything. For us, 2,000 years later, it's too much. Ho hum. Ho hum. I get excited one day a year—the resurrection of Christ on Easter. <laughs> and that's it. Every other Sunday, pretty much, there may be another one or two in there somewhere, but most every other Sunday, same old, same old. You see, what I'm praying for, and I hope what you're praying for too, is that God would put in me the kind of excitement that would be contagious. That's what it was in the first century. Those brothers and sisters changed their world. Why? Because Jesus is alive. It's true. It works. We were right. We win. Jesus is alive. I ask, Lord, that You would help our hearts to continue to overflow with praise to You. And I also ask, Lord, that that You would make what we celebrate or what we continue to celebrate today, I ask, Lord, that, that You would make that so much more than routine. Amen.
1: He <laughs> and I am so sorry, <laughs>
0: Because He's alive, I can live. Maybe we should sing it. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives. Because I know who holds the future. Then life is worth the living just because he lives. (laughs) I love it. Jesus is alive. Does that make any difference to you? Let me just ask you. Every person sitting here today, from the youngest to, you know, the oldest, (laughs) do you give a rip? Does it matter to you that Jesus came for you? Does it matter that everything He did was for you? That when He hung on the cross, He had you in mind? Does it matter Does it impact your life at all? Most of us would have to say no. And the church today, not just Grace Point, but the church today, if we are going to be the church, it's got to start mattering to you and to me. You see, what we celebrate this morning is that Jesus is alive. And it's not just for Easter, it's for every day of the year. Not just for every Sunday of the year. It's for every day of the year Jesus is alive. It's no ho-hum. See, what the picture is, is a first century group of ragtag people. We were much smarter than they are. We are much more wealthy than they are, all of us. We have it more together than they had. We are culturally superior to them. But their lives were changed and they transformed the world. Why? Why? Because Jesus is alive. Now you might say, well, yeah, Pastor Chuck, but they saw it. If I had seen it, I would be excited too. I may have to debate with you on that, but let's just say that was true. Do you know what we have that they didn't? We have 2,000 years to see what happened and now understand it more. We understand it more than they did. We've seen it work. We have seen people's lives change. We have seen brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and people in our church family that have been transformed because of Jesus Christ. It is true. It works. Alright, where do I go from here? (laughs) What was Jesus doing? What was He doing after He rose from the dead? What were some of the things that He was doing? Well, He was making house calls. He was going to see people that needed a touch from Him. He was going to see those people that were in desperate need of Him and had been devastated because of His death and were thrilled because of His resurrection. Turn with me to John chapter 21. Let's just look at John chapter 21 for a few minutes. John chapter 21 is a great story of Scripture. Follow along as I read John chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael... And from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two other disciples, were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered, as if to rub it in. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning, burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you caught just now. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask Him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after He was raised from the dead. Verse 15, then they had finished eating. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love Me more than these Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, You know all things. You know that I love you. He said, Jesus said, feed my sheep. The resurrected Lord, this is important to me, the resurrected Lord met those guys right where they lived. I don't know if it means anything to you but it means something to me. That the God of all creation sends His Son to redeem the world and that Savior comes to me where I live. Who am I out of the billions? But He cares about me. He loves me. He's concerned about what happens in my life and what has happened in my past that I'm still struggling with. He cares. The resurrected Lord. Now think about this. Jesus Christ had just raised from the dead a few days before and He was meeting these guys right where they lived. He went out to find them. He knew where they were. He knew them so well, and He saw them, and He invited them closer. He loved them. He met them right where they are, where they were. I remember when I was a little boy, my father took me fishing. wanted to make a real man out of me. took you down to the river got us all set up once he got us all set up i started asking all kinds of questions i said dad how'd you get that worm on the hook was it gross i said dad how does a fish know to bite the hook and not the sinker a dad can fish smell in the water After a little while, I said, Dad, I'm hungry. And then after a little while, I said, Dad, I can go to the bathroom. Dad, 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 Dad. And then I said after a while, Dad, why aren't we catching any fish? And he says, because you're talking. You're scaring them away. And then I said after a while, Dad, is it time to go yet? You know, when I read this about these professional fishermen that were out all night long and didn't catch anything, they were shut out. I read about that, I thought, I think I know why they didn't catch any fish. They were talking. You know, they were still overwhelmed at their thoughts of the resurrection. They went fishing to clear their minds, to clear their heads. They'd been talking all night long. I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense to me. After my dad said, you're scaring the fish away. But all of that, all of that didn't matter when Jesus showed up. You see, He meets us. He wants to meet us right where we are. Married, single, young, old, rich, poor... Whatever your situation, Jesus wants to come and meet you right where you are. Will you let Him? Will you let Him? What else is happening here with the resurrected Lord just, just days after the resurrection? Well, the resurrected Christ dealt with Peter, for example, at the point of his deepest need. You know, there's old Peter, big mouth Peter. Hoof and mouth disease Peter. Peter turned his back on his dearest friend. Peter had denied Christ three times. He cursed and denied Christ three times. Now that Peter knew that Jesus truly was the Messiah, now that Peter understood a little more that Jesus was the real deal, he was thrilled, yes. But he was a little conflicted to say the least. He was excited that Christ was alive, but he was a bit embarrassed and broken even that he denied Christ. And I'm sure the thought went through his mind, if I could only have a do-over, if I could have another chance, I wouldn't deny Christ, if I could have one more chance. He was beating himself up over something he had done to disappoint the Lord Or something he had done to turn his back on the Lord. He was beating himself up. And right in the midst of his personal fight with himself, Jesus says, Peter, three times Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, yes, you know that I love you. Yes, yes, yes. And Jesus replied lovingly, Peter, then do something about it. Get back in the game, Peter. Show up again. I need you. Feed my sheep. I don't know if anybody thinks I'm perfect, but I can tell you I'm not. Not even close. But Jesus even loves me. I don't know what you've done or what you haven't done. I don't know how many times you've disappointed or denied Christ. There's some here probably denying Christ in your, with your lifestyle right now. But in the midst of all that, Jesus, this, this Jesus, the one that did all of this for you, He comes in the middle of your life right now and says... Do you love me? See, we we continue to celebrate Easter. And the best way, the only way to celebrate Easter adequately is to accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's the only way. Are you willing? I think about when I was a teenager, not to pick on you guys again, sorry about that, but I think when I was a teenager, I lived my life according to my parents' religion. Anything I did with religion, it was because of my parents. They got me up took me to church. They took me to all the Christian things that I was involved in. We had devotions now. And then anything I did with the church or with Christ, my relationship was based on my parents' religion. But you see, God came to me when I was 17 years old. And He said to me, Chuck, it's not about your mom and dad. It's not about your preacher dad. It's about you. And what you want to do with me, if you will accept me. Chuck, it's all about you and me having a relationship together on the level where you are right now. has nothing to do with your parents. And I had to accept Christ right where I was. I had to set aside my parents' religion and accept Christ right where I was. And you know what he did? He didn't expect me to be like my parents. He didn't expect me to live up to a certain level of the adult Christians around me. He accepted me right where I was. With my different inadequacies. With my disobediences that I had done before. He he accepted me right there. See, God, through His Son Jesus Christ, meets us right at the point of our deepest need. What is it with you today? Are you discouraged? Are you depressed? Are you angry? Are you hateful? Are you negative? Are you doubtful? Are you oppressed? Are you abused? What is it? What's your issue today? What's going on in your life? Jesus, this resurrected Lord that we're talking about and continue to celebrate, is here to meet you right where you are. you believe He can? Do you believe that Jesus Christ can transform your life? Two thousand years ago, the resurrected, or the (laughs) resurrection changed the lives of people who changed the world. And they lived for the rest of their lives with this in their forefront. Jesus is alive. Now it's 2,000 years later. Is Jesus able to do the same for us that He did for them? One verse is the answer to that. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. One verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, right now, Jesus can meet you right where you are. Married, single, young, old, doesn't matter. Today, right now, Jesus wants to deal with you and point at the point of your deepest need, whatever it is. And today, Jesus is ready, willing, and more than able to transform you from the inside out and turn you into the person He has created you to become. In Christ. Once again, brothers and sisters, it's all true. Jesus is alive. And He went through all that He went through just for you and for me. When Peter realized it was Jesus on the shore, do you remember? When Peter realized it, he jumped out of the boat, swam and ran and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. This morning... There are some here today that as we sing, you should come and drape yourself over this altar. Jesus is alive.